To those who are afraid of failing, I will say I am too. But feel the fear and do it anyway. Hi, it's Rhea. Welcome to the fifth episode of our alumni podcast series. It's been amazing to see all the great and different things Herrick's grads are doing now, and we hope you've learned something new along the way. The featured alumna of this episode is Mara Jill Herman. Ms. Herman is a member of the class of 2003 and is an actor, educator, writer, producer, and advocate, among other things. Ms. Herman, we've already got to know a little bit about you, but I'm sure everyone listening would love to hear your introduction for themselves. Hi everyone, my name is Mara Jill Herman and I am a Herricks graduate from 2003. I think it's really tremendous what you're doing with the ECS podcast and I've really enjoyed listening to some of the past episodes and learning about what fellow alums are up to. We're glad you enjoyed the other episodes and we're super excited to have you now. I guess it makes the most sense to start at Herricks since that's something we all have in common. What was your high school experience like? My high school experience was truly wonderful, and a lot of that had to do with the awareness and the lifelong passion for the arts. Ever since I was a child, I was always an entertainer, making some noise and being a total ham bone in my family's living room, and I fell in love with musical theater at a young age, and was always on stage. Any chance I could, I was involved with after-school productions, dance classes, show choir, you name it. And uh, this passion really was harnessed and honed in Stack, the student television arts company. I auditioned as an eighth grader and was accepted as a freshman into this program. And it really allowed me to expand my horizons. I learned about art history and film production and explored the visual arts, attending all these glorious field trips that really opened my eyes to areas that might not have come naturally to me, but ultimately made me think and see the world as a multidisciplinary individual. I was also involved in student government, which allowed me to grow as a leader, a communicator, and a conflict mediator. And this helped me get to know students in other communities that fell outside of my immediate passion. It's really cool that you found a calling and passion so early on. But I feel like there are always things you wish you knew before. What advice would you give to your high school self? The advice I would give to my high school self is try everything. Be open and have conversations. You never know when talking to a friend, a teacher, or a visiting artist may have a profound and unexpected influence on you later in life. Speaking of profound influences, was there a teacher or teachers who you remember and looked up to? There are two teachers that most certainly stand out to me and have remained part of my journey as a professional. So that would be Mr. Alan Sumergian, who recommended me for this podcast. Thank you so much. He was my English teacher freshman year, and I believe I was part of his first year at Herrick's. So we have that special connection. And he encouraged us to write journals and to express ourselves deeply. And I felt 
like my ability to write what I was going through came pouring out because of Mr. Samergian's guidance and permission and also his ability to create a safe space and a trust that recognized uh, the vulnerability in journal writing. So I really appreciate everything he did for me as a 13-year-old and he's remained an important part of my family because he taught my brother Scott who um, they ultimately formed the songwriting club years after I graduated from high school and um, because Mr. Smirgian is a practicing musician we also have this connection beyond the English classroom but also in terms of being a practicing professional artist. The other teacher that had a profound influence on my life is of course Mr. Ron DeMeo who created Stack and I am so eternally grateful for him because I got to practice my art and have an outlet for my creativity every single day that I was in high school. And it certainly shaped my career path, it certainly shaped my college audition process, and I know many peers who either had to apply for a specialized high school or they took their academics in the morning and got on a bus and then arrived at a magnet school to do what we achieved in Stack all in the same building at Herrick's High. So lucky us. <laughs> and, you know, it has to be recognized that Ron created this program from his own desire to innovate and he did not have an example program at Herrick's that he was modeling it after. Stack lives on today at the helm of Rob Joya who I matriculated with and it gives me chills to think about Stack's legacy and that someone who went through the same training program as me is now passing on his expertise and his knowledge to the next generation of artists. There are so many teachers who have helped me grow as a student and a person, and it's really nice to see how special your connections are. But everyone's high school experience must come to a close as they move on to a new chapter, which for you was college. What was your college process like? Dealing with the pressure of college research and applications was no joke but also had a lot of fun and joy in it and that had to do again with the fact that I have always been aware of my calling and my path so I knew that I wanted to major in musical theater and that's what I did. I talked to so many of my friends that were interested in the same major and especially students that already were in college that helped me really contextualize what the experience might be like if I auditioned or got in and went there. And that's another unique part about being a performing arts major is that your application is essentially face-to-face. -face. So at some point you have to go to the school's campus or attend what's called a unified where tons of colleges meet in a major city and you get to make the rounds introducing yourself and sharing your work auditioning for these programs. So I ultimately auditioned for eight schools. 
I got into a few, waitlisted at a few, and I was choosing between Syracuse University and University of Cincinnati, College Conservatory of Music, and ultimately I chose Cincinnati. I personally didn't know much about applications for pursuing the arts until these podcasts, but it's nice to hear that you still found joy in the process. How was your transition to college? My transition to college was fairly easy in the sense that I had spent many summers going to sleepaway camp and I had experience being away from my family for extended periods of time. And when I was studying in the Midwest, I was in a fairly esteemed program with students who were of the highest caliber and really devoted to their craft. But I also was going to a school with a cut program, meaning that after certain adjudicating events or juries as we call them, boards, <laughs> you would be graded and this would determine whether or not you would continue for future semesters. And what ultimately happened is I actually got cut from CCM and this was a really pivotal experience because this happened to me in the middle of my freshman year and despite having good grades and a strong work ethic and a real commitment to the craft i still was not able to continue and uh, this was a huge blow to my ego because rejection is definitely a part of signing up for a career in the arts but um, i had never had one of this magnitude at such a young age so to learn this lesson at 18 was really really important to me and ultimately helped me find the school that i transferred to which is university of the arts in philadelphia and i made some of the most incredible connections there had some of the best teachers and professional experiences because philadelphia is like a mini new york and is rich with with pro theaters so it was it ultimately turned out to be a blessing in disguise despite what felt like the end of the world as I was going through that challenging time my freshman year of college. Wow. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, but I can only imagine what that must have felt like. It's really inspiring, though, that you were able to get through it and continue pursuing your passion. I know it's not the easiest path, but what made you choose and stick to it? What made me choose this career path is a sense of authenticity and community that might sound counterintuitive because show business can get a bad rap for being competitive and cutthroat and uh, projecting a fake image but I really identify with communicating as my main job when I interpret scripts, songs, when I am in front of a classroom educating young people about the arts, I feel a responsibility to connect people and that is one of my greatest joys, whether I'm doing it in the form of a lesson, a private coaching, or in the form of a live event like a musical show. It's definitely clear that you love what you do. And since you've had such an amazing career, I'm sure you've had some equally amazing experiences. What are some of the most exciting projects you've been a part of? And I have to ask, have you met anyone famous or your idols? I have had the tremendous pleasure of traveling for work and have been to five of our seven continents. 
It all comes back to stack though, because in 10th grade, I went to Europe for the first time on our field trip to London, which of course is a city rich with cultural vibrancy and the West End is known to many as an equivalent to Broadway. So that was a great time in my life. And then after college, I spent a lot of time working at regional theaters and coming back to my home base in New York City. And then I had the opportunity to do a North American tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. We traveled all over the US and Canada and that production starred the original Jesus from the film Ted Neely and he was a Golden Globe nominee for this role so it was a very exciting time to work with someone of his life experience and he is just such a generous man after that I traveled to South America and Antarctica my favorite party trick on a Holland America's cruise line as a lead vocalist in their musical shows. The series of shows that I worked on was called Showroom at Sea and our rehearsals took place in Los Angeles and one of the artistic consultants or coaches for the process was Lorna Luft and she is Judy Garland's daughter and What a coincidence that one of my responsibilities was to sing Over the Rainbow in this show. So talk about outer body experience when I have to go to rehearsal and sing the most iconic song for the daughter of the great legend Judy Garland who made that song famous. Most recently, I toured to Japan with a production called Disney on Classic, which was the first time I sang with a symphony orchestra. And that was really a remarkable experience and also super challenging. I had spent so many years telling a story in houses of varying size, maybe 250 seats to 500 seats at a larger theater, but with this symphonic concert hall experience i was a soloist in front of a 60-piece orchestra in houses that ranged from two to five thousand seats there is a sort of freedom in standing on a stage of that scale and being in a spotlight and getting lost in the magic that is live music I've also been in the room where it happens with master teachers like Kerry Washington, Mikhail Baryshnikov, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Neil Patrick Harris through the National Young Arts Foundation, which is a competition and enrichment program for high school students to experience master classes and earn scholarship opportunities. And I first became affiliated with them in high school thanks to another Herrick alum, Ted Mallower and continued my relationship with them throughout the years and I really adore this organization and the way they enrich young people's lives. Another fun memory from my Herrick's days 
goes back to when I was an alto in all-state vocal jazz up in Rochester, New York. Being in the alto section, I really got to know those singers the best. And years later, when Facebook was blooming, I got tagged in a photo with someone from the soprano section named Stephanie Germanata. That is, of course, if you follow pop music, Lady Gaga. So that was an early brush with fame, and you really never know who people are going to become. I know that's only bits and pieces of all the people you've met and places you've been, but I'm absolutely blown away. Imagine going to Allstate with a future Lady Gaga. I wish. We've heard a lot of highlights and amazing experiences, but there's also a lot to learn from the not-so-amazing moments. What major struggles have you faced in your career? One of my earliest struggles had to do with the experience I had at Cincinnati and figuring out if I wanted to continue on this path or if this external decision made by a few teachers was going to rob me of my joy and my real identity and force me to go in a different direction. And Ultimately, I will always be grateful for that time because it showed me how to overcome adversity and rise above. Some people like vanilla and some people like chocolate and that's okay, (laughs) but it does lead to many internal struggles when you have decided to pursue your passion as your life's work and you are at the mercy of letting decision makers guide the next job or the next gig. I've always pursued meaningful work. I don't believe in placeholder jobs, but I do believe in finding either parallel careers or a way to be self-employed so that when you are in between gigs, shows, movie sets, when you are in this downtime, which is inevitable for anyone who's a freelancer, that you are able to sustain and remind yourself why you chose to get into this field in the first place. And this is especially relevant now in quarantine and something I'm confronted with every single day because my entertainment and live arts industry is shut down. So I'm constantly thinking of ways to innovate, whether that means having discussion groups or talking about different plays and musicals privately on Zoom, or even working with new playwrights to develop their work in a physically distanced capacity so we can keep that muscle going and theater-starved practitioners can let their creativity out and still be mutually beneficial to one another in this new context. It's really cool how you and the rest of the live performance community have found ways to keep being the artist you are. On that note, what advice would you give to a Herrick student who either hasn't found their passion or is unsure if they can pursue a passion in the arts? The advice I want to give to a Herrick student who may not have found their passion yet is to take advantage of this moment. Who knows if the world will ever experience something like this ever again. Hopefully we will see an end to this pandemic soon, but in the meantime, 
I encourage you to reflect. I encourage you to listen and engage with the people around you. One fun fact about me is that I had a career at the Apple Store. I used to work at the Genius Bar and also in the sales department. And it led me towards this idea that I might want to teach people how to use their Apple products as a professional service. So all of these emotional building blocks led me to the idea of a business I've called Technotherapy NYC. And there used to be this adage for performing artists that if you can do anything else, do it. But now a lot of my peers and a lot of the thought leaders I follow say the phrase, if you can do anything else, do it also. I encourage artists listening to release themselves that they have to support their existence 100% of the way from their primary art. It is a huge daunting burden to place on yourself. So this is another reason why I'm going down the path of self-employment, particularly in quarantine, when I want to embrace teaching in the virtual space more and more. Thank you for that. And before we close, what would you say to someone who's afraid of failing? I shared a few of my obstacles in our conversation today, but to those who are afraid of failing, I will say I am too. But feel the fear and do it anyway. I have been leaning into professional development ever since quarantine started and being in Zoom rooms with a strong community and great teachers has really encouraged me to embrace these feelings of discomfort and know that if I try new things and go into the unknown, Who knows what will be on the other side and I may be better off for it. I may find new euphoria that I generally associate with being on stage, but feel the fear. Do it anyway. I know I'll definitely try to feel the fear and do things anyway for all the things that I'm afraid of. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? If you want to stay in touch with me, you can visit my website at marajillherman.com. I would love to connect with fellow alums and hear about everything you're working on. And for any technophobes out there who need some handholding, I would love to give you some guidance via a virtual lesson. So I look forward to hearing from you. Talk soon, everybody. Thanks for having me on this podcast. It was a real honor. It was an honor to speak with you. Thank you again for sharing your time and experiences. And that's a wrap. We hope you'll learn something new about the arts, dealing with the curveballs of life, and all that our school has to offer. A special thank you again to Mara and to Mr. Samergian for connecting us. For all things ECS, follow us on Instagram or visit our website. And stay tuned for what's to come this year. Stay safe and take care. Brought to you by Herrick's X. <laughs>